You guys often ask who I learn from on social media and who I like to follow, and Felicia Masonheimer is one of those people. She was introduced to me about a year ago, and ever since then, I've watched her grow and flourish, and she recently published a book called Stop Calling Me Beautiful, which I could not get my hands on soon enough because the whole premise of the book is about digging deep into the gospel ourselves. We may have a tendency to allow the words, you are enough, or you are beautiful, you are worthy, to flow from our mouths or to be a temporary band-aid on our hearts. But when we're dealing with real anxiety, real depression, real loneliness, that doesn't do it for us. We need to know the God of the Bible ourselves. We need to know who he says that he is and who he says that we are in him. So with that said, today we are talking about how to study the Bible. I think we can have a tendency to wait until the perfect moment to study our Bible and to think that we need a coffee cup and we need everything set up to look beautiful, just this Instagram Bible study in order to read the word of God. But that is a lie and Satan wants to distract us from truth and he does exactly that. So I want to encourage you all to listen in today with a heart to get to know God, to study the word, to dig deep, and to know him for who he is rather than who Instagram says that he is, or rather than just reading a few verses at a time. So let's dive into this quick and practical interview with Felicia Masonheimer. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, it's so nice to see you. I just spent the weekend in Arizona and I got to read your book and I was so excited because when I go on vacation, I like a really good book that just draws me, you know, because... You have that alone time and you want it to be good. And I've yeah. loved it. It's been so good, Felicia. Oh, that blesses me so much because I feel like on vacation, I never read nonfiction. Really? Oh, <laughs> that's like my time. I think I read fiction at home at night a lot. But when I go, I think the focus time, I'm like, I can take yeah. notes and write. So anyway, yes, I really enjoyed it. So um, we're going to dive in. This is my second video recording. So everybody, this is Felicia Masonheimer. Felicia has just written a book, Stop Calling Me Beautiful. It is wonderful. And we'll dive into all of that. And then you also recently started a podcast called Verity. So you have a lot going on. And then you just announced that you're pregnant. So how far along are you? I am, I think, almost 14 weeks. Wow. And you're feeling a little sick? Yeah, I was. Wow. I only get sick two weeks out of my pregnancies. So I get sick wow. in the seventh week and the 11th week. Um, but God's grace to me was the 11th week was the launch week of the book. And I actually got sick the 12th week. So oh. <laughs> um, he, he gave me a little break there. Yeah. Oh, good. 
Well, today I want to talk about your book and I want to talk about studying the Bible. So I recently listened to your podcast episode on not using Instagram basically as a Bible, that our quiet time doesn't have to look like a coffee table and a mug of coffee and our Bible so that it's appealing. Like that's not it. What is it is to sit in the word, to study the word. And I think sometimes women, especially newer believers, uh, may not know how to fully study the Bible. And so I know that you do, you like to study the Bible and that it's crucial to our walk with Jesus and to our relationship with Jesus. So first off, I know that you set time aside to study. That One thing I love about you is you always have a schedule and you always have everything set in stone. Um, and it's really encouraged me to maintain my schedule since the last time that we talked actually to maintain my schedule and to have my specific quiet time that doesn't always look pretty that is often interrupted by my two boys jumping on me or somewhere around me so what helps you and how can you encourage others to be intentional every single day about getting in the word well, a lot of it does come down to first understanding that it has to be a priority. So understanding what life looks like when you're not in the word. And if you have lived that way for a long time, you don't really have anything to compare it to. So you're just going to have to trust that what God says works, mm-hmm. that being in communion with him makes a difference in the every day of your life and trust that we all really do, regardless of whether we're in the habit or not. Um, But the other thing is, once you know that it's important to God that you seek Him, that's obedience, and that it's important for you that it changes how you live and allows you to live a life of eternal impact, you can start to arrange your schedule in a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you know, what I've had to do in every season of my life. I know I've had People use things like, I'm in college, I'm planning a wedding, I'm, you know, I'm in high school, I'm a mom with two small kids, I own a business. And I'm like, guys, I've done all those things, mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. I've always been so busy. But if it matters to you, if it matters to you, you'll make it a priority. And the fact is, the busier you are, the more you need it. Right. And this doesn't mean that you're spending like an hour and a half with all of your stacks of theological resources every single morning, but spending time in the word and in prayer and meeting God through that um, intentionally, even when it doesn't look like the perfect Instagram quiet time. I agree. And I am a very black and white person. And I know a lot of women who are the same to where it feels like I guess I just believed a lie for a very long time, especially when I was a new believer, that my quiet time needed to look a certain way. And that if I didn't have my 30 minutes and to journal and to have my journal next to me and to read, that it wasn't sufficient. And it's just a lie. And I think that's one of Satan's many ways to keep us from actually getting in the word is to believe that it has to be perfect and that nothing is perfect. A lot of the time for me, sometimes it's like, okay, I can read a chapter and then I can get something done if I need to. I can still engage with my children and then I come back and then I journal. It's not always going to flow so perfectly. Oh yeah. Just today I um, woke up late and so I didn't get to do my quiet time when I usually do, which is between six and 7 Mm a.m. And so I did it at 1230 with both my girls right there and they were watching a show. So I did only a portion of it and then I'm going to do more later and spend some time in prayer when it's quiet. You can break it up. You can do it any time of the day. You can do it on your lunch break at work, in your car. I've done 
all those places over the years. What matters is that you're seeking God. He's not after this perfect little groomed shrine. And when you look at scripture and the lives of the saints and the lives of the missionaries, you read these stories of like George Mueller and um, missionaries around the world. They often didn't have all of these things. They didn't have a candle and an armchair and coffee prepared. (laughs) And a note-taking Bible. Right. They didn't have any of that. They had like their simple Bible. And a lot of times that was it. Sometimes like a page of the Bible in prison or something like that. And what mattered was that they sought him. Yeah. One thing that I've always found really interesting, uh, and I'd like for you to speak to this, is just sometimes during services, our pastor will teach. And then there are moments where he'll say, you know, I want you to take a little bit of time to pray. I want you to take 15 minutes to pray and to be intentional about applying what you've learned today. And there are a lot of people who will get up and leave. And it seems as if maybe our culture has come to a place where they would rather hear what Jesus is teaching to someone else and learn from them rather than to actually listen to Jesus or the Spirit themselves and what he wants to teach them. So why is this the study of the word? Why is it important to not only listen to what other podcasts have to say or to read Instagram posts, but to actually dive in and study theology and study biblical truth ourselves? Well, I think in the example that you're giving, you know, he says, spend some time in prayer. I think we, we think I want something practical that I can do right now. And the sermon was practical, but prayer doesn't feel like it is. So we leave. Yeah. We do the same thing with, with the word of God. Well, you know, uh, power of the praying wife gives me some practical stuff that I can do right away. It's super readable. I don't have to work very hard. Um, and so I would rather have that than go to scripture itself to find out why prayer matters. I'm not saying this is a bad book, it's right, a right, book. Right. Yeah. but you know, like I would rather have the, have it spoon fed to me than do what Stormy O'Martian did and go to the word itself and find out what it said about prayer and marriage as an example here. Yeah. It's going to be harder. Bible study is difficult. But when you look at scripture, it's never been easy for the people of God in the sense that it came naturally or or they just wanted it in their flesh. They were told over and over, know the law, obey the law, honor the law. And then in the New Testament, break bread and be taught by people who know who know the truth. So it's going to take intentionality on our part in understanding that while these books and these resources are so helpful and they're awesome, I wrote a Christian lifestyle book. I hope people read it, but Mm -hmm. I really do hope that at the end of it, they go, okay, I'm empowered to be in the word itself. And if that means that I write more books and they don't buy them because they're only reading the word, then fine, put me out of business because what I would want is for people to be independently seeking the Lord through his word, because that is what transforms. Yes. One of the things that I love the most about this podcast is the opportunity to build community, not only with our amazing interviewees, but with you all as listeners. If you'd like to join thousands of other women who are a part of our community, and if you have a desire to grow in your relationship with Jesus and to receive biblical encouragement for your marriage, relationships, and friendships, this is the place for you. You will also have delicious recipes sent to your inbox periodically and so much more. Just sign up at sparrowsandlily.com backslash community. Also, if you are enjoying this interview or have enjoyed any others in the past, 
please take a quick second to give us a star rating and a review on iTunes. Simply scroll down right now from this episode or from the homepage. This is an encouragement to keep living easy going, and it also helps to continue receiving wisdom from amazing interviewees like the one that we have today. Thanks so much. And that instant gratification is really what it is, isn't it? When you read and you say, okay, I want to be satisfied right now. And a lot of that comes back to our selfishness and us wanting it to be about us. So if we go to a service and it's the study through the Old Testament and we don't know how it relates to us, do we choose to disconnect or do we choose to engage and realize that everything that we're reading in scripture, everything about our lives is to honor Jesus and to make much of him and his kingdom. And so I think we have to fight against that desire to instantly gratify. And so I want to get to some practical stuff. Can you share a little bit about how you study? So I don't know if you would have a specific verse that you could refer to. I have a specific friend in mind who says that she just doesn't get it. She loves Jesus. She was saved years ago, but she feels like when she reads, she doesn't feel like she learns in the way that maybe the next person learns next to her. She doesn't understand how they've gained something from that. So as a biblical teacher, how would you encourage someone to maybe break down a specific text if they've never done it before? Well, what this is called is inductive Bible study. And it starts by looking at the eyes you're bringing to the text and the motive that you're bringing. If you're coming to it and you're like, I've got to get something out of this. I got to have something to apply today. Mm -hmm. You might be disappointed. Yeah. So that shouldn't be your motive. Your motive should be, I want to know more about God. And that's extremely practical because when you know more about God, you know what to trust. Mm. And when you trust, it changes how you live. Yeah. So really, in the end of the day, the most important thing is that you know who God is and how he acts. And he will do the transforming of your character. But knowing who he is is the most important. So as you sit down at the passage, the first thing to be thinking is, I'm here to learn about God, not to learn more about me or to get a practical application. If that happens, that's great. But I'm here to learn more about him. Now, I can't get into all of the breakdown of inductive Bible study, but um, a lot of inductive Bible studies will use, um, I'm holding a, a set of highlighters from Daily Grace Company. They're all different colors. I do this in my Bible. I've used the same Bible for five years. And so most of it's already marked up, but I always do the name of God, any name of God, any reference to God in pink. So I highlight that in pink. Any reference to covenant is in green. Mm. Um, any reference to love is in blue. And so these are themes that I'm marking and looking for. So when I read through my Bible, I'm seeing, oh, there's a reference to covenant. Um, and I can go back and forth and see those. So as you're reading a passage, let's say you're in the gospel of John, read through it. And after you read through it, read back through it. So if you just scan it, you're not going to get a whole lot. Go back through and then mark every reference to who God is, what he does, his behavior. And this is why I really encourage having a notebook to use with it. I use Well-Watered Women's Give Me Jesus journal. I think it's really easy to use. Um, another one is Wholehearted Quiet Times, Quiet Time Companion. And as you're reading, you can write down, okay, I see God acting this way, or I see this character trait of who he is. Note any locations or places, people, 
any themes, like I'm seeing the word love happen a lot here, or I'm seeing faithfulness repeated here, circle those words. What you're doing is you're, you're breaking down the text to look for the themes and the message that the author is trying to present. Right. Then if you have a reference Bible, follow the cross references, because if you look at a verse and you're like, I'm not sure what that means, or I don't know, you know, where else in the Bible that is, follow the cross reference and it can give you some context to what was happening there or more verses about that specific theme. So that's just a basic um, breakdown. I have more on my Instagram. And then a great book about this is Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. She teaches you how to break passages down to come to it with a a mindset to worship God and not a consumer mindset. Mm -hmm. Really the best book out there on that topic. I've heard so many good things about that book. I need to read it. Yeah. And I, I really like that because I feel like it's practical in the sense that with the highlighters, like it's, it's nice to do those things. But it's, you're also not just seeking out something that fills your heart. And I just, I want to reiterate that so much because I found that in a lot of the conversations I have with women online, that they're constantly just desiring to be filled. And like you said, Felicia, sometimes that just isn't going to happen. And you're not going to walk away with this emotional high, but we can't base our faith off of our feelings either. We have to be really careful with that. And a few things that have helped me is just to observe, to observe, to read, to comprehend, just read through it. And like you said, read through it multiple times if you don't understand. I use an ESV study Bible. Do you have any preferences? Like what's your opinion on the different translations of the Bibles? So translations um, should, translation should always have a committee. Uh, I want to say that the passion is not a translation. The message is technically not a translation. It is, but it isn't because it was one man. So it's, it's kind of a paraphrase translation. So I want to make that distinction. ESV is, it had a committee. I use a Christian standard, okay. but I also use ESV, NASB, NKJV. The, we, when you're reading, you're reading across because this is right. These are only translations to English. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know, if you're, if you're Spanish, you're going to have a Spanish Bible translated, you know, yeah. from Hebrew to Spanish. So a lot of people, when they talk about this and they get worked up about translations, I'm like, we're talking about only English here. Yeah. <laughs> there are other <laughs> languages too <laughs> that have to do this. But with translations, the more you read, it actually gives you a broader understanding of how those words can be translated because Hebrew in particular will have one word that expresses multiple concepts. Mm. The committees who are translating are trying to do their best to honor the text, but even committees have a theological bias. So, you know, ESV leans reformed and the notes will be reformed in their theology. So um, that's why I recommend reading across several translations Mm. when you can. Good to know. Yeah. I know a lot of people who will read NIV and NLT because it's newer for them. Did you reference I, I own them, but I don't, I don't use them. My husband used NLT a little. It's the difference there is there's three different types. There's word for word translations like the ESV. Right. They want to get the closest word and there's phrase for phrase, which is like the NLT. They're mm-hmm. trying to capture the thought and then dynamic equivalence is like your CSV and NIV. It's kind of a combination of the two. So for anyone who hasn't ever read the Bible, if you're just coming onto this podcast, if you can look through um, a Bible, you go to a Bible store, go look online on Amazon. I mean, there's so many availabilities. I use the ESV app and the Holy Bible app. There are tons of resources and options. Again, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Before I get to my last question, Felicia, I want to ask you, this is just a personal question. You focus a lot on 
Bible teaching. You focus a lot on theology, on kind of current events that happen within the church as well. And you would touch on those. And I know you get some backlash and feedback for talking about those things. Do you ever feel just maybe weary of doing this, not of sharing the gospel and of sharing truth, but of dealing with heavy topics. And I ask because with Milk and Honey, we dealt with a lot of really heavy topics. We went, it was kind of hard hitting the entire time. And I felt that I wanted to back off of that a little bit because it just, it wore me out emotionally, spiritually a little bit. And then I wanted to do lighter things, but now I find myself like, that's just not who I am. I want to deal with the harder things. I just need to learn to balance. So do you find that it weighs on you a little bit to do what you do and to be so present on social media or is it comfortable? Um, it does, it does weigh on me. Um, the responsibility, the sheer amount of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of boundaries in order to protect myself from being over wearied by what I do. So I'll go off Instagram for weeks at a time, you know, I'll, I'll quit it whenever I need to. Um, I have message replies turned off on my Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. So if people want to message me, they have to be very intentional about what they say. Um, and so Yes, it is a heavy responsibility. It gets very tiring. Um, But with boundaries, and as long as I am making sure to ground myself in the first priority, which is the Lord, then my husband, then my family, my kids, and also being in the word. I want to add a little caveat here. I think some people think, oh, of course, Felicia's in the word. She's a Bible teacher. That's why she's in the word. I'm in the word because I need the word. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't use my personal quiet time as a teaching tool. Yeah. All that research is separate. That's all, all separate time. Mm-hmm. My quiet time, my time in the word is for me and the Lord. Like it's not for something for me to regurgitate onto That's Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to stress that because I think we can look at Bible teachers and be like, well, of course what they do, you know, that's what they do is unattainable. It's not unattainable. It's exactly what I've done long before I had a platform, long before I wrote a book. Yeah. And I think that there are well-known Bible teachers who struggle immensely with their faith because of that exact reason, because they're reading to pour out. That's their intention is like, I'm going to soak in this so that I can immediately go back to my Instagram and write a caption. So they're not actually going to the word, like you're saying, to learn. So I love that you separate those two and that you're intentional about that because I think that I did that at the very beginning and it drained me to death. Like I, it sucks you dry. Yeah. I mean, it really isn't, you're not actually gaining anything. You're not actually learning, implementing, growing because you're just reading something to spew it right back out. Mm And, and it's the same, I think with having women in our lives who counsel us and pour into us so that we have that for our own relationship with Jesus and not so that we can just try and sound wise, but that we are actually growing and not pretending to grow because the Lord knows our motive. And that's one of the most important things. So but yeah. I really do. I really love what you do. I'm so thankful to have been introduced. And I don't say this just because you're here. I feel like your growth has been for a purpose. And it's because you're doing something real. You're doing something so good and you're so faithful in it and so consistent to show up, which I really admire. But you 
you're not afraid to shy away from the hard topics. And I know that you're a three, Enneagram three, which doesn't define us, but I know that that isn't always easy to have the criticism and the backlash as well. So I just am really, really proud of you and all that you've done. And I just will recommend this book to so many people. Stop calling me beautiful because it's amazing. So can you share a little bit about what your heart was behind writing this and why we want to stop being called beautiful as women? Why do we need to stop being told that we're loved and wonderful and enough? I think what inspired it um, was just the fact that women are capable of going deeper. They're intelligent. They're wise. They're helpful. I'm sorry. My daughter is chasing my dog in the back. (laughs) It's okay. Wonderful. And because they're so capable and they desire to go deeper with the Lord, but we almost in a way talk down to women. We, mm-hmm. we see their desire to be desired. We see that they question their beauty, question their identity. And so we just spot treat it instead of going to the root cause. And so stop calling me beautiful. The title came from a blog post that was called dear women's ministry. Stop telling me I'm beautiful. Like go deeper than that. Tell right. us the whole story. Tell us the whole gospel. And women really resonated with that blog post post and they've really resonated with the book to the point that it's actually shocked me how many have Mm. resonated with it. But it's so encouraging because I think it shows us that our our women crave that depth and crave the whole story of the gospel. I think that is why gospel teachers, even online, are people are drawn to them because it's not these temporary words. I mean, if it's even a fix, a temporary fix of you're enough. I mean, the truth is we're not. We're not enough at all. We are not capable of doing this, living this life on our own and kind of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and doing things by our own volition. We need a savior, which is why we have Jesus. We need his companionship. We need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. We need that relationship with Jesus to remain focused on the kingdom because there's so many things in the world pulling us to and fro and distracting us. And so when we're told that we're enough, it really is a lie and it's one that can cause us to feel like we well what's wrong with me then right like what's wrong with me if i really am enough then why am i not happy why am i discontent and so what do you hope that people gain from this what do you want them to have learned well i hope what they learn is that christian christianity by nature is a lifestyle of victory mm. but the way we talk about it often makes it seem like the opposite So we either spot treat with, you know, affirmations, you're already worthy, you're loved by God, true in Christ, absolutely true. We're all loved by God. But when we don't give the whole story, we don't under we don't appreciate God's grace. Mm -hmm. We don't end up with we don't end up with a life of victory. We don't know how to overcome legalism or anxiety or grief or whatever it is we're struggling with. We don't we don't know how to face it with our faith because our faith is powerless. Yeah. But the whole gospel makes it a powerful faith and it actually deals with the things that we struggle with. And that's why Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have troubles, yeah. but I have overcome the world. And so with him, we will have troubles. We will have struggles. We will have trials, sometimes the same ones over and over and over again, but he teaches us how to actually overcome 
thank you so much, Felicia. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and all of your resources? Yeah. So um, Felicia Masonheimer, Felicia with a P-H-Y. My Instagram and my Facebook and my blog are all my name, Felicia Masonheimer. And so you can find me any of those places. Instagram is probably the most popular for teaching and I have highlights on there on how to Bible study and things like that. Um, and Facebook is where a lot of my articles are. And then um, my blog has about 500 posts on it Dang. plus a couple of free courses. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and you do videos on Facebook too, don't you? I do occasionally. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Felicia, everyone. Again, stop calling me beautiful. And then um, you guys check out Verity and check out Felicia's Instagram. I know that you'll be blessed. All right, Felicia. Well, thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.